This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Sydney's Hope 103.2, Graham Burrell, Hope and Nights. Well, my next guest has served our country in a number of roles, more recently as the 26th Governor-General of the country, and he's just released his memoir, uh, You Shouldn't Have Joined, as we say hello right now to General Sir Peter Cosgrove. Uh, we've got a lot I want to ask you about tonight, about your life, career, your different roles, and of course the book. But first, when arranging the interview, I was wondering, look, how do I address you, as I just mentioned, General Sir Peter? Uh, but if we were to see you as we walk down the street, what would we call you? Uh, well, Mum called me Peter. That's what I've been called my whole life, and I'd be very pleased if that's the way you refer to me hereafter. Okay, well, we'll call you Peter. Thank you very much for that. Um, the title of your book uh, is called You Shouldn't Have Joined, uh, your memoir. Is this in reference to uh, your time in, in the military? Yes, but uh, I put it in as a, a note of irony because I, I obviously and actually loved my time in the military to bits. And I, I just recalled a, an old hackneyed saying attributed to, let's say, a sergeant major who's just given a group of soldiers a... Uh, an onerous and unwelcome task, whatever it is. It could be, you know, digging a ditch or something. And uh, the uh, soldiers are all looking down in the mouth. And it's not unknown for that sergeant major then to stare them all in the eye and say, now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, you've joined the army. We do what we've been asked to do. We get on with it. And remember the old saying, you shouldn't have joined if you can't take a joke. And that's designed to tell them to cheer up and get on with it. Now, another question in regards to the book, and I've always been intrigued when sort of people put together uh, memoirs like you have or autobiographies. Are you making notes over the years thinking that one day you will write a book like this or have you purposefully sat down and recollected your memories from what you've done throughout uh, your career? Uh, a bit of both. Obviously, uh, some of the stuff which is uh, uh, goes into my earlier life, well, I didn't sit down and write diaries. In my later life, there were, through the need for officials to have uh, a record of what they got up to, there are copious official diaries. Now, these aren't uh, impressions, but they do contain facts, dates, times, etc. People that you met. Uh, so I had a very uh, a complete diary of my time as Governor-General, a pretty good one for my earlier time in the military and of course my earlier life well gee there's not too many from my my time still standing around so I made it up <laughs> no not really <laughs> no I, but I, I I don't try to be specific with dates but I, my sequence is pretty good now, the start of your book talks about your early days uh, growing up in inner city Sydney and how when the Queen was actually going through on one of her tours, uh, you were there with your family as part of the crowd. Your dad, I, I read, even getting you a periscope so you could see over the top. Uh, fast forward to your role as Governor-General when you got to meet her. Uh, did you ever bring up that story? I did. I actually mentioned it to the Queen at uh, one of our early earlier meetings because I had a, uh, quite a... Uh, a long list of meetings with her, and I remarked to her that I'd seen her and Prince Philip coming down um, South Downing Street, which is sort of from the airport into town, and uh, uh, there was a huge crowd lined out to uh, wave, etc., as her motorcade went past, and Dad did buy me this periscope, which is uh, it's just a cardboard thing that uh, you know people would sell at the side of the road, 
uh, and it had a make-up mirror, a little rectangular job at the top and one at the bottom. You look through, and there it, it elevated your eye line. So as a little fella, I was able to see over the shoulders of the crowd with my periscope. But I sort of remembered that the Queen appeared upside down in the image, and I told her that, and she gave me a strange look. And then I, I thought about it, and I thought, well, hang on. When you're in a submarine, from all the movies I've seen, when the skipper looks through the periscope, he doesn't see everything upside down. So I must be wrong. So I, I, I did, I did a, a sort of apologise to the Queen. Maybe you were the right side up. Uh, my special guest tonight was the 26th Governor-General of Australia, General Sir Peter Cosgrove. Now, Sir Peter, I know for myself and probably many others, you came to prominence with the Aussie public through your role in the peacekeeping force uh, back in the late 90s in East Timor, uh, but your army career does go back many years. Joining in the 60s, uh, you also took part in the Vietnam War. How was your experience here? Well, of course, that was the war at the time. So I was uh, very much a, um, um, a, a enthusiastic uh, army officer. I was very, very intent on uh, doing my job. A bit of trepidation because uh, you, you don't, it's not like you're in training where when you get around somebody says, Right, boys and girls, we'll do that again and see if we can do it better this time because this one was going to be on combat operations in the jungles of South Vietnam and uh, there would be no back pardon. So uh, your heart's in your mouth, but you've got to get through that level of testing of yourself if you want to be an effective military officer for a longer career. My special guest tonight, uh, he has served our country in a number of roles, more recently as the 26th Governor-General, and he's just released his memoir, You Shouldn't Have Joined. Uh, We are joined by General Sir Peter Cosgrove. Now, picking up our chat with you uh, right now, um, we've talked about your army career, of course, when you started back in the 60s as part of the Vietnam War. Fast forward to the late 90s, and you headed up Interfet. That's the International Force in East Timor. Uh, can I ask you, please, uh, your memories of this? And I believe you've been back for the 20th anniversary. Yes, I've been back uh, quite a few times because even after I've left, sorry, East Timor in uh, early uh, 2000, we left troops here, of course, and soon after that I became the Chief of Army, so uh, part of your responsibility when you're doing that job is to visit wherever your troops are. So I was back there a few times over the years, been back once or twice, even when I was Chancellor of the Catholic University, uh, to uh, confer diplomas and degrees on people graduating from our university program up there. So one way or another, I've been a pretty frequent visitor back. Uh, it was then in 2013, I believe you were in a car at the time, you get a call from the then Prime Minister Tony Abbott asking you to be the next Governor-General. How long did you take to come back to him with a reply? Well, I was always intending that if I got that question, and there's been some media speculation which placed my name with others on a list of possibles. So when my phone rang and it was Tony Abbott, I realised it's my phone. I had previously discussed it with me and my wife to say, well, look, there's this, there's this newspaper speculation. No, no official had been in touch with me, but we discussed what would happen if I got uh, that sort of suggestion from uh, the Prime Minister. And we thought, well, it's the greatest honour that could be accorded to an Australian to be asked to do the job. So I I said, well, what do you think? And we were 
unanimous and instant to say, let's let's say yes. But I wasn't able to have that discussion with Tony Abbott um, because, you know, uh, to uh, presuppose you might get such a call wouldn't be right. So the proper answer to Tony was, well, what a, you know, what a wonderful thing to be asked, and thank you. I do need to make sure Lynn, my wife, is uh, sort of uh, on board with this. I'm, I'm Thinks he will be, but may I get back to you? That would have been the right answer. My problem was, my problem. I was on my way you know, from the airport in Brisbane to a board meeting, and I had a board colleague alongside me, uh, a very a great friend, but a very intelligent man who, if I had said, "Oh, a good uh, afternoon, Prime Minister," um, he would have smelled a rat, and the you know, the the, uh, the cattle would have been out of the bag. So. I, I said, uh, uh, well, um, when Tony came up my phone, I said, hello. He said, uh, you went through a spell. Oh, I said, yes. Oh, yes. And then, uh, look, um, yeah, look. And then he made a little formal thing at the end, something like, so therefore I would love it if you could uh, accept that I'll send your name forward to a Majesty the Queen to be... Australia's next Governor-General. And that's a lovely, formal offer. But I said, yes, yes. I said, oh, I'll, I'll get back to you. Can I give you a ring tomorrow? <laughs> anyway, and it wasn't, I'm sure it wasn't what he was hoping for. Or, but at least my mate alongside me was none the wiser. <laughs> I wouldn't have been much use at the subsequent board meeting, I can promise you that. <laughs> and then uh, I did speak to Lynn, of course, and we confirmed our quite earlier discussion and the next day I rang back Tony and said well I'm honoured and Lynn and I will be you know told to occupy the, that role and we'll do our best and thank you for asking me and that's all I spent. and I think he was so relieved I explained why I'd been a bit vague the previous day I think he was relieved that he didn't have some terminally vague person just accepted to be Governor General <laughs> Now you were Governor General for five years from 2014 to 2019 Yep. Some highlights from your time in this role, Peter? Oh, too many to mention, but one that is a broad brush. Uh, one of the remits you get is the opportunity, indeed probably the expectation, that you'll, you'll travel widely around Australia. You won't just go to capital cities or to visit you know, uh, uh, very eminent cultural institutions or uh, fellow governors or that sort of thing. You'll get around the widest part of the community. Lynn and I even... Maybe, maybe a first, I'm not sure. We visited jails, not, not for, you know, people in there for very heinous crimes, but people who were close to finishing whatever their time in jail was and were ready to go back out into the community. And, and I just use that to illustrate, we didn't think any part of the white brown land was off limits to us. So we did what we all that we could 4,200 events, both at Canberra and Sydney and at the residences, and then going out and visiting people. And we thought it was brilliant. And so that was the highlight. The, the highlight was being able to just go and see people and listen to them as they told you how they were going. Though I believe there are other times, and even just new into the role when the MH17 disaster happened and you and your wife yep. had to head over and represent Australia in the Netherlands, so that there were those times as well. Yeah, look, uh, there are times when you represent your fellow Australians and uh, it's uh, 
supposed to be a significant moment. It must be uh, treated with dignity and uh, Australian protocol, which is, while it is friendly and relaxed, is not an accident. You are playing for your country and you must never um, be flippant or, or inattentive to that sort of duty. Uh, plenty of those and plenty of kings and queens and presidents and uh, and, and prime ministers um, and we we treated those as obviously a wonderful experience, but also you're playing for your country. And were there were there things that you learnt from your military career that you were able to bring to the role of Governor General? Yes, well, there's nothing mysterious to a military person about protocol because you start with it. It might be at a lower level when you first uh, are doing it. You, you're one of the troops on parade in the ranks. You're the ones marching around, you know, uh, while out the front there are dignitaries. But then as you get a little older and you you stop being on the parade ground, you start being uh, giving the salute, given the salute by the troops. So protocol and that sort of thing is pretty much second nature to a senior military person. That wasn't in any way intimidating. So uh, the other thing, though, was you're rubbing shoulders, shoulders with uh, the political leadership of each state and territory and, of course, of the Commonwealth. And they become uh, familiar figures to you. And instead of being people you see on the television or in the newspaper, they're the people sitting across the table from you having a cup of coffee while from time to time they might pour out their hearts or tell you what's on their mind uh, in terms of what they want to do with the political authority they've been granted. And all of that is really interesting stuff. So you might pinch yourself from time to time when you think, OK, well, uh, here comes the Prime Minister. I, I hope he asks for the uh, chilli cheese omelette because that's what we're serving this morning. So when, when you did serve food like that, was it uh, things that you like to serve, like a chilli cheese omelette, or what was on the menu at uh, Government House? Well, the first time each Prime Minister came, they could have anything they liked from virtually usually through to a slice of toast, and, and that would be fine. But they'd say, and this is the way it worked, hey, what are you having, Governor General? I'd say, I'm having my chilli cheese omelette. And then I'd look them in the eye, and they'd say, oh, I'll try that too. <laughs> and, they all became, and they all became devotees of the chilli cheese omelette. Any bacon sandwiches in there? Oh, well, yeah, there could be. A bit of, maybe a bit of crispy bacon on the side, oh, slice so. of toast. But, I mean, the whole thing was the breakfast was rocket fuel for the day. It was a good time to catch your Prime Ministers because their day would fill up remarkably. And unless they anchored it at one end, breakfast was the better end, uh, their day just is like a, a piano accordion. You know, it has to be flexible and it expands. Uh, no Prime Minister will cease their official duties until night after dark. And even then, they're probably, their mind is warming for the next day. You don't want to try to have a, a relaxed chat with your Prime Minister uh, in the in the evening simply because if they're doing the job that we all hope they're doing, they're absolutely out on their feet. And uh, very uh, very quickly, I, in doing some research, I found that there's a suburb uh, near Townsville which has been named in your honour. Uh, do you get there all that often? I have been once or twice. I've actually driven around that suburban precinct. It's a new development. It was a you know, green, greenfield site. I think the main occupants there were the snakes. Um, but now, uh, having been through since they started the development, they're, uh, they're all brand new houses. 
and you've got to be a bit careful because people think, what on earth's going on when this fellow, you can't walk up to somebody and knock on the door and say, oh, I'm the guy they named the suburb after. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, I just drive through and I give it all, you know, uh, and I, I think I was there for opening up one of the uh, developments within the suburb so I could show that I was honoured by the uh, by the tribute of my name being there. But I want to point out that uh, Townsville's a military town in many ways, and I commanded a battalion up there. So I have a personal connection with Townsville, uh, and I'm just absolutely chuffed that they saw fit to name a suburb after me. Your memoir is called You Shouldn't Have Joined. General Sir Peter Cosgrove, it's been an honour and a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time joining us today. Graham, it's been wonderful to be with you and your listeners. All the best to you. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.